0: Creative.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of our podcast. Today I have an awesome guest. He is Ali Hai and he is a business development consultant from Anno Gaming Consultancy. Am I right? Hi, nice
0: to meet you. Yeah.
1: Thanks for joining the podcast. It My will, honor. I, I think it will be an informing episode for New Entrepreneurs in Web3 Space. So I want to first start with knowing about you. What are you doing? What's the life story of you? Can you tell about yourself? Yeah, I'll start briefly. So I started
0: as an investment banker. I was uh, working as a senior video games analyst for the top institutional investors in Israel. Me and a couple of friends, we started a consulting service. Since we already were consulting VCs and uh, institutional investors about how to invest in video games, we made it like an entrepreneur, entrepreneur of our own. And then now we consult like both ways. We consult either VCs in which games to invest to. We support video game developers in how to raise money for Web3, Web2 games, I work with three video game companies that do in the Web three space, mm-hmm. and uh, two more in the Web two space or traditional legacy gaming. I've been doing fundraising for almost a year now. I'm working with VCs and with developers. A couple of rounds so far, and now I'm participating in another two. So I'm quite familiar with territory and what we're we're going to talk about
1: today. So I want to ask you, like, how we calculate risks, especially in the three gaming space. We saw too many scams. We saw too many rug pulls. So it's not the most trustful industry at this stage. So if we see how they calculate the risk and the potential in projects, what they are looking for. So yeah, let's let's talk about what are the basic stuff. Especially in so, Web3 projects.
0: Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to Web3 projects, like it always, even not in Web3, it's always about founders. Okay. It's always important to show that the founders with a solid background, that they have like this background in video games. Now, Back in the days in 2021, (laughs) 2020, you didn't have to have like background in video games. We saw with Sky Mavis, the Axie Infinity, they didn't have any background in video games, but now it's not gonna be like that. Like when it comes to the new recession and with all the rug pull, Web3 problems, VCs want to see like a solid background in video games. Now what to do if you don't have a solid background in video games? You need traction. You need to to show that you have like something that you have more than a PowerPoint, more than a pitch deck. And if you're a founder and you have no experience in video games and you want to do a Web3 game and you want to raise money, VCs will mitigate the risk on the team. They want to show that the team has a solid background. If you don't have a solid background, which can happen, you need to show that you have something behind you. You need to have like a five minutes playable demo. You need to have like a, some, some sort of program plan already, some content out of what you're building that's the most important thing so the most important thing to know about vcs and mitigating risk is that they always bet on the team and if you don't have a team just make sure you have a product or a start of a product
1: so like you're saying team is really important i think it's same for all vcs all industries even they are Like investing in agriculture, AI or Web3 team is really important since yeah, you're not investing in the product, you're not investing in the company, but you're investing in people that are really passionate about what they are building, what they are doing, and they have a solid mission to get success to their business. So I want to understand what VCs are looking in teams, especially like specifically what hard or soft skills they are looking for.
0: So it mostly comes down to the round. As you know, like VCs are having round, they have like seed round, precede round, and A round and B round. So when it comes to A and B rounds, where well, the company is more established, when you have maybe a game already, you have a soft launch, or maybe your platform is already kind of working, you have like a team of 10 or maybe 15 people. So then it comes more mostly to KPIs. But when it comes to seed and precede investments, so they're looking in teams, it's more, it comes down into, it boils down into the team. And and it's important, as I said, like to have like a video games background, to have like a video or a crypto background, okay? And it's very important, like for the team to have like this product team. But not just product team. It's very important to have like this monetization guy if you're building a video game. And it's important to have like this video game design and technology and CTO. The team needs to be very vast. I would go two to three founders, okay? It's funny. Nobody wants one founder because if something happens to the founder, everybody, you know, it's the other way around. You're putting all your money on one person. It's very difficult. You want mm-hmm. to put your money on two or three people. Yeah, the other one, you don't want a founding team of five people. It, yeah. It's not going to happen. You want to have like two to, two to three founders. That's the sweet spot. You want to have everyone to have like a, a serious contribution to the game. Okay? Not mm-hmm. just because he's a very what good friend of What's the problem
1: with having like
0: over five founders? Because once the company is diluted, so what's going to happen, A or B round, every founder is going to have like 2% of the company, 3% of the company. That doesn't make the founder committed to the company. Like if you're going to be a CEO of a company, you're going to have like 2% of the company as an option, employee stock option program. So basically when it comes to BNC round and you have 2% of the company, it makes the VCs afraid that you might leave the company because you have no commitment. You have no stake in the game, okay? Again, I've seen one founder raising and I've seen five founders. It's all like guidelines. Nothing here is set in stone. That's important to know. Like everything is changing, everything is dynamic. But this is the sweet spot. Okay, two to three founders. If you have five founders, it might become a problem in the later stages.
1: Now, VCs are like investing in cryptocurrencies, tokens, or coins, or maybe NFTs. It's a new thing for VCs to put their money, and how they responded to it, how it changed the things, or did it make any difference in the investment round? So, do you believe cryptocurrencies will... Like bring democracy to, to fundraising or what's your opinion?
0: So I think that non-dilutive funds like a VC is participating in token NFT sales is not gonna happen anytime soon. For a couple of reasons. The first one is that it's not a sure investment. We already know that by now. But the second one, and the most important one, is that VCs want to have, like, want to keep their eye on the money. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they want to have, like, a place in the board. They want to have, like, a seat on the table because they want to see what you do with the money. And when you have non-dilutive funds, you basically don't have any say about what's going to happen with the money that you put. Mm. So there's less and less non-dilutive funding regarding VCs. I've seen like crowdfunding of non-dilutive funds. I've seen like VCs participating in token sales, but it's only in addition to equity. Uh, Right now, it's very, very difficult, up to impossible to have uh, VCs participating only in tokens and NFT sales. Because they want to have a place in the board, they want to have to place in their company and they want to keep their eye open on what's happening.
1: So how Web3 investments are going, especially now we have all like big players collapsing, chains, biggest brands, they're all collapsing. So how does it affect the Web3 investments? I know it is really hard to raise money in Web3 space right now. Are we also trying to raise So I know it personally, but I want to understand what's the general effect of this into the market.
0: As I said, VCs are receiving money all the time, So and they're spending money all the time. So they still have money to deploy, and money is still being deployed. It doesn't matter if it's a big market or a bearish market or a bull market. Money is still being deployed, and that's a very important thing to know for founders. Mm-hmm. Money, or checks are still being written. Never give up, and the market doesn't change. Okay? It doesn't change that fact because they themselves are raising money, and they need to deploy that money. Mm-hmm. So they're still writing checks. But what's happening in the past uh, year or so, they're writing smaller checks, okay? Now we're seeing smaller checks, we're seeing smaller rounds, and we're seeing lower valuations, okay? So now if what they used to write like, you know, $1 million for like, you know, 5% of the company, now they want 10% of
1: the company. problem was the previous years. They weren't supposed to have those valuations, they w- wasn't supposed to like raise that amount of money. Maybe the current one, the current market is the organic, but yeah, like maybe it's a problem about the growth that happened in previous years.
0: Definitely. I think that the numbers were crazy in 2021. I remember when I was at the GDC in March of 2021, like all the video game developers were like, we're doing this, but with NFTs <laughs> and they were like raise money like crazy. Yeah. I think it was like overhyped and it was like over, over expensive. And I think that, yeah, what happened in 2021 was definitely not like where it should be. Now we're seeing like more a uh, return to reality. I don't know. And I can't tell if it's going to go even further down and maybe become too cheap. And like, but I'm seeing it right now, I'm seeing people that like, I work with a company they started raising in March of 2022. They wanted to raise like in a crazy valuation, tons of money. And now they've raised like maybe half of it or a third of it. And they lower the valuation because you realize in time that it's not going to work anymore. So valuations are low and checks are lower. But the most important thing is to know that it takes more time.
1: Yeah, like it leads founders build real utilities to build real products. So I think it has a positive effect in a builder's perspective. So I really feel that this beer market can change everything for the mass adoption of Web3. So we saw the Reddits Achievement, they created wallets for 3 million since they were providing real utilities. I really started seeing many great products that solve really like problems that really matters to someone. Exactly. So I think like the, the investment side affected founders to build real things. So yeah, I think it will be a positive effect. And I think in the future, once we look at those years, we will say that yeah, it, they like it. It was a turnaround. It was the beginning. I, I think we will say that.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's like we refer to it as builder's market when like you can't raise money, so you just build things. So <laughs> that's a builder's market. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But the thing is that most important to know is that like it takes more time for companies to do what we call due diligence. Okay, so when the company evaluates the, the company and checks it, it takes more time to answer emails and they do things more slowly. And it's important thing to note because uh, when you raise money, so you're thinking about the runway. How long does the, that money will supply me, okay? So if I'm having a runway of a year and a half, that means that in a year and a half, I'm going to be out of money. And a lot of companies raise money in a one-year runway. And now fundraising process gonna can take like three to four months. You have to go way earlier than it was before, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you had like a runway of a year and a half, so you, you could have started like, you know, raise money after a year and three months. And then you have like two months, but now you don't, and you might find yourself without money. So the runway is very important now to see and to make sure that you have like the right runway. And it's also a thing that VCs look upon because they want to see that you have like the right runway and you have the right business plan that will carry their money into like
1: the next process. Thank you for the great answer. And the last question is coming. So I want to ask you, What would you suggest founders to builders for the pitching? So like what makes a person a better pitcher?
0: Awesome. So first and foremost, you need to understand that VCs look at like 60 decks a week. Okay. You have like 30 seconds attention span. Don't build a deck with 45 slides. Nobody cares about it. Eight slides, 10 slides stops. Maybe put an appendix of like two slides and that's it. That's all you need to do to get their attention. Once you've got their attention, if you have a 45 deck that you want to pitch them in a presentation, go ahead. I wouldn't do that, but go ahead. You'll have like 20 minutes to pitch, okay? But the pitch deck that you send, it has to be no more than 8 to 10 slides. First thing, as we said, the most important thing is the team. Put emphasis on the team. If you don't have a team, put emphasis on the traction, on the playable demo, send videos. Try to catch their attention. You have like 30 seconds. They're going to scroll like that on the pitch deck. And you have like get their attention quick. And that's the most important thing, how to stand out when you have like 60 pitches, pitch decks a day. Another important thing is that looking at almost every pitch deck you send them, there's no need to run on, uh, you can send to their website. It's fine. Like I've worked with VCs, I send it to the website and it's fine. They're looking at it and they're coming back to you and it's okay. Don't mm. work with VCs that don't answer you. It's the important thing in educating VCs. Like you mm. can always send an email that says no. 90% of the VCs send an email, and that's awesome. But the 10% that don't send an email, just don't pitch them again. <laughs> that's why. And one thing that is very important to know that once a VC says no, it doesn't mean that your project is not good. It means that your project is not good for them. Maybe you have a project on a Solana network, but they already have a lot of Solana projects, so they want to like mitigate the risk by diversifying their portfolio. Maybe you have a space shooter, and they already have a space shooter. Maybe you have like third-person RPG fanta- on a fantasy set. They already have that. So it doesn't mean that your pitch is not good. It means that your pitch is, doesn't really suit them right now, yeah. okay? And the current portfolio, there are tons of VCs. You can find other VCs that might fit them. Another important thing is who you pitch to. VCs are not just an open check, okay? They offer way more than that. So think about like, what do you want from your VC? Do you want approach to publishers? Do you want them to help you build the product? So look at the companies, look at their portfolio, and look which companies they work with. Who are the founders? What mm-hmm. are their best advantages that you can get out of them? Okay, mm-hmm. don't think about them only as an old, a lot of founders I work with. They just let's just get the money, and everything will be fine. No, nothing in creating a company looks like anything you'll ever do. And when you half a year into the product, and then you realize like everything has changed. Like I had a company, they like a opportunity they couldn't like patch a bug bug that they had in like, in the in to, to do it for their game and they needed to approach unity and uh, luckily their vc was an investor in unity so this the founder just made a phone call and they fixed the bug so it's yeah. very important to pick the vc for
1: like the, what else they can contribute to the company i think it's really important like to make them understand how they will help uh, how they can help and how they put value to the project to the businesses Other than money, since I think it is the only thing they can put is the money, they may feel it is is a product they are buying, like building better connections.
0: Yeah, because you want them to be part of the value creation process. They can help you build a better product. They've invested in many companies and they know how the process works. They've done that before, like for your advantage. One more thing to know is that you want a good VC on your cap table, okay? VCs, these are your partners for life, okay? For the life experience, you don't want to like a douchebag in your company. You don't want to have like this one that doesn't understand what you're doing and won't let, let you like... Put money, and you want people for the next fund. Always think about what's going to happen. What's going to happen a year or two years from now? You're going to get fundraising again. And if you're going to have like a, a big Web three VC in your cap table, it's going to make the next fundraising way more easier. So think about what's more suitable for your next round. Okay, don't just go to any VC. Think about the VCs that's going to make you look good for the next fundraising. And one last thing is never. Never forget about angels. Angel investments, especially in such market, are a very, very good thing to think about. When you're raising $500, 1000000 you can do it in the angel investment. It's a longer process. It's more complicated process in terms of getting the angel investments because one VC can have like $1 million check, while angel investments could be like 15 or 20 angels. But never neglect that option. It's a good option, especially for companies in their beginning.
1: So, like ticket size would be much lower, right, for the angel investments. You can
0: have up to five hundred thousand dollars from angels. It can be done. It's more complicated. Like it could be a different podcast about how to raise from angels, mm-hmm. but it can be done. You can raise 300000 dollars from an from an angel. And five hundred thousand dollars. You remember the beginning? I told you if you don't have The team, the right team. So, you need to have like some sort of a product with 300K, you can build a very good product and go to the VC. Yeah. So, don't think about how I'm going to raise like, you know, $10 million and I'm going to build a product. Think about the process. Like, they're taking a risk. They don't know you. They're taking risk with their money. And like, you need to think about how do you mitigate the risk for them as well.
1: So, I think it's important to understand there are like many other projects as well. So they may choose to risk their money in in many other businesses as well. And for the founders perspective, and there are also like tons of money in the world. There are millions of dollars in the world that are like open and searching for opportunities. So I think founders should keep and keep searching for believers into their vision.
0: Definitely. And not just for money. They're not pocket investors. Yeah. They're your partners to the road. They're not different than the founders.
1: Okay? Yeah. And they will feel that way. It's important to have them like a part of the team. So, Avihai, how people should contact with you if they need anything from your side or they want to meet
0: you? They can find me on LinkedIn, on my email. I'm not that active on Twitter. So, <laughs> basically, LinkedIn and my email. What's I'm available LinkedIn? there. My, Avihai Herman. I can leave you in the description. You can put it in your podcast. You can email me as well. Be happy to talk all the time. Okay.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. And stay tuned for the next episode. And yeah, Yeah, thank you again, Abhihan. Been a pleasure, thank you too.